It's it's Destino Speak, CJ and Kofi, and you're listening to Strictly for the People. And yeah, I'm, I don't need a brief introduction. This is the second episode. The second episode we've got, we've done Woo, well. Geez. Do you know how hard it, it's been to actually record these podcasts? <laughs> we've been through literally a war to record this podcast. Deep yeah, that. literally. It's been crazy, but do you know what? I forgot I didn't bring my herbal tea in. Uh, what? I did Destino without his herbal tea. <laughs> Are you feeling okay, bro? Bro, no, I, I need my herbal tea. You know, like herbal tea is literally just, it helps me, it allows my thoughts to marinate. Bro, I thought you seemed a bit off today. You know? I was, I was <laughs> I'm not on it. Energy I'm not on it. Quite right. Vibes weren't quite there. I'm telling you, I'm <laughs> telling you, but do you guys drink herbal tea? Yeah? Sometimes I do. I prefer Every now and again, yeah. Teas personally. Now, which, is, which is your favourite? I just, you know, I love berries and stuff. So, oh. like, any 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 of the fruit teas, like the wild berry ones, I love them. I love them. Yeah, it's between chamomile or peppermint. Yeah, chamomile. 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 That chamomile knocks me, yeah, it literally knocks me right out. Like, you know, like, <laughs> literally when you... Because I used to, like, in 2016, I had, like, bad insomnia where I couldn't sleep properly. So, instead of, obviously, like, going on, like, you know, sleeping tab, like, yeah. sleeping pills, I, inst- yeah. I thought, you know what, let me go through the herbal route. And that's what that's why I started... Um, loving herbal tea because okay. it was like at the time where I was starting to drink more herbal tea was when my anxiety and my mental health issues were just really heightened so that's why it's like herbal tea for me is something that helps me, it helps me focus if that mm. makes sense I don't, I don't know if that's just a placebo effect but it actually does help me actual fo- actually focus so well in this circumstance yeah. even if it is a placebo bro I think that's I think if a placebo if you can use a placebo to bring a positive benefit and I, I think I don't even know if it's classed as a placebo anymore. Is it yeah, not just it a tool? actually does help. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So <laughs> it, it actually does help. But yeah, today I just wanted to talk about obviously loving your natural Afro self. Jeez. I had to Jeez. emphasize loving that your natural <laughs> Afro self because I feel like in society right now, I feel like us black people, we've been through a lot and we've had ideals pushed on us that have made us. Mm, let me see how I'm going to word this. It's kind of made us view ourselves as being inferior, like worse looking and everything else. So I feel less like... Less professional. Le- less professional. Ex- oh, that's I love how you say that, actually. That's going to bring me on to my next point. But yeah, it's made... Due to the so- race, racial so- social con- constructs that have been put in place, I feel like now the way a lot of us black people view ourselves is not really in the good way. We're always trying to pander to the... European beauty of standards so that's why I just wanted to talk about obviously most important of all why we're always trying to pander to look more Eurocentric if that makes sense yeah um I think in the past it's been due to I think in the past it's been due to like the ridiculous amounts of indoctrination that the black people back then received so without access to free information or free information such as social media I think that black people were kind of stuck in terms of if they didn't find within their own community attractive then the only other thing they could see was this european standard of beauty i think since maybe the late 90s onwards it just had a detriment when i was born when i came onto the earth (laughs) (laughs) that's all i can speak about but since then on from then onwards since sort of the rise of social media i think the standard of beauty has sort of changed from the slim eurocentric standard to a more, for, for lack of a better term, exotic, curvy yeah, yeah. sort of. Uh, that that is the woman that but a lot of e- people 
we'll deem as attractive. Even with that, um, how you yeah. say exotic, it's always the lighter skinned women yes. that are deemed more that are deemed more socially acceptable for the racist Europeans people to accept. So, for example, look at someone like let's just say Doja Cat. Yeah, it's like you know recently what happened with her where she was. She was, was she in like um, chat rooms with she's, racial yeah, racist people? Yeah, she used to go into chat rooms with yeah. like clearly racist right wing people, <laughs> and she'd do and say things to please, to please and them. exactly. To them, so it's like including selling out for her. Race. She she passed herself. Even she, that sent off her. <laughs> yeah, she tried to make herself like look more Eurocentric, and it's like even in society right now, if you're looking at the beauty standards, although there's more diversity within these industries, it's like we're still seeing. We're not seeing that an accurate representation of black people as a whole. Like we're seeing yeah. just one particular look of a black person. That's obviously light skin, and if it is dark skin, it's like they'll have say. Um, I, I want to use the right term, like not. It's Afro hair stuff, but it's like straight hair instead of you yeah. know, the curly. Can I? Can bun. I? Sorry, can I just jump in here and quickly say that. When we're speaking about beauty here, we're obviously only referring to women, aren't we? Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think yeah. I think when we speak about um, standards of beauty, we need to apply it across the field because yeah. when it comes to men, it's not just the light skinned guys that are seen as like the the good looking black guys because there's pure girls out there that do that are attracted to dark skinned guys. Yeah. And especially what I've noticed, especially within black women, a lot of black women find themselves or that a lot of the black women I've spoken to have found themselves more attracted to darker skin guys. Men. Yeah. Because lighter skin guys have almost got this connotation of being more effeminate. Yeah. No, so, no, that, that is true. That is true. So, okay. Yeah. One problem I have with um, beauty standards in regards to, like, towards, like, black men and, like, Eurocentric um, beauty standards towards black men, uh, like, the fact that men, like, Men like you and me, like growing out their hair, it's, it ain't normalized, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's seen as unprofessional, yeah. and especially uh, with the older generations. Like, for example, my dad hates my locks, no, my like dad this. hates my afro, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. and it's like so many, like, so many people of like that ilk, that generation, like, like, they're so like, like, they all have shaving, they all have shaving heads, and yeah, because it's like, that's why, like, basically, it's just, it's just like. They basically hate their own hair, basically. And yeah. That, do you know like, what? It's it, amazing how you say that because mm. it's like, even with me when I was growing up, I grew my hair once. And I'm telling you now, the amount of people that was laughing at me in my own household, I was getting called all sort of names. And it's like, it goes back to that thing where even my mum, my she literally said, like, relax, like, chemically, like, chemically relax your hair. Like, yeah. that's another thing where, where it's a tool that's given to black people and we kind of almost use it to, to look more Eurocentric. And I can remember, I can attest to this, when I was in high school, literally, like, I wanted to have, like, hair, like, a, a European standard type of hair. Like, I wanted to have... I like, I'm like, trying, do you know what? I literally, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be correct in what I'm saying, the terms I'm using right here. But yeah, I try to. Re- I always relax my hair, and when I relax my hair, when I'd come in, in come in school at the time, people be like, "Wow, your hair looks amazing." But when I had my natural Afro hair, people be like, "Oh, let me touch it still." But it's like when I relax chemically, chemically relax my hair. It's like I kind of felt like I was more approved than in the, because I I grew up around a predominantly white area. It's like. I tried to fit in so much to the point where I would wear contacts that looked a certain type of way. And I'm not saying that these features are, are, are exclusive to just white people, but I'm just saying that 
the European standard of beauty that 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 it portrays that image of having blue eyes, blonde hair, and everything. So it's like yeah. I tried to fit in so much with that by chemically relaxing my hair and contacts contacts as well yeah that's the word nice one so it's Are like blue by any chance yeah blue contacts <laughs> so it's like over time one thing i've realized growing up now now that i can look back it's like i've realized that all these things are, are they they exist because of racial constructs that have been put in place so now growing up and obviously going through what we've been through as black people what can we advise to people that are growing up that are going through these sort of issues i think it goes back to what I may have said on a previous podcast in terms of parenting. I think what what parents should do or what parents... Um, so, so say, for example, our generation. When our generation all goes on to have kids and stuff, I think what they should really stress is loving your natural self, which is mm. ironic because it's the title of the podcast, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think... And I'm using myself uh, and my own experience as a basis for this because when I was in primary school... I grew out my afro and I've got quite a big afro and throughout primary school as a as a year six kid growing it out there wasn't loads of black or, or even my, my primary school wasn't massively ethnically diverse but my year six teacher shout out Mr Butler Mr Buckler um man like <laughs> man like <laughs> he he really made sure and really helped that ensure that I loved my hair but from such a deep place I'm talking Every week, provided um, I was quite a big personality in primary school, so provided I, don't, I hadn't messed up in any way during the week, they'd pretty much do an assembly like where part of the the, the little ceremonies would, was like they'd measure my hair and see how see how big my afro had got. And while some may look at that and say, "Oh, well, it's it's a bit it's a bit derogatory, it's a bit sort of talking down to him," what it did for me personally was it made me feel so special about having this afro. It made this Afro mean so much to me and it made me love it so much in combination with the fact that my my family loved it. My dad always wanted to shave it off, but that's whatever. Yeah. My nana always <laughs> wanted to plait it. My mum always used to say how nice my hair was, all that kind of stuff. It really just built this, this confidence in me where I could say like, where by the time I've got older now, if anyone tells me, oh, your Afro looks stupid, it's not even worth responding to. It's almost like a laughable statement to me because that's how little credibility I give it. That's lovely that you explained that. And yeah, because with me, it's like when I grew up, obviously, we'll go on to our personal experiences now. Yeah. But when I grew up, it was kind of it was different because when we came into this country, for me, it was just like my parents just like was like, OK, like you just if someone talks to you, you ignore it. You kind of get on with it. You kind of accept what is going on. Yeah. And you, you move forward because we don't want to bring attention onto ourselves. So for me, when I came into England, it's out. Like I was in a predominantly white area. And it's like when I went to school. I would get comments like, oh, your hair is nice, people feeling your hair and that. But then it's like, when I, like I was saying, when I relax my hair, it's like everyone accepting me, wow, you're the coolest black dude in school and everything. Yeah. I kind of felt different. And then what that kind of did for me, speaking, is like when I looked at other black people, I felt now that I was better because I had chemically relaxed hair. So I, all these things are kind of toxic. It, it, it really does mess up the way you think about things. And it also kind of, messes up your outlook on yourself because that's down to self-hatred because if you're not loving your natural Afro self, then it's like, then you, you just project self-hate onto other people. And yeah. that's why when I was growing up, I kind of avoided ha hanging around with black people because I almost felt embarrassed even though I am black myself. And yeah. I feel like that comes down from a pla place of obviously self-hatred. And when I grew up, mm. obviously, I was looking at the beauty standards and what you saw wasn't a, an ideal black person. So it's like, that's why when I grew up, obviously, I struggled more and 
even when we're talking about on the terms of chemical relaxing your hair, how much people do you know that have chemically relaxed their uh, hair? Loads, loads. Yeah. But I want to ask you a question about um, your experience, but quickly, I just want to hear from what, what, you, what your thoughts were growing up in terms of your hair and stuff. So, yeah, like, when I was, like... So, like... So, yeah, I, uh, when I was younger, um, I used to get my hair caught a lot, honestly. And I, but, right, my dad had a massive say in, like, how, how I, how I, <laughs> I wore my hair and so forth. <laughs> and, like, up until I was, like, 15, then I rocked, like, a Frohican. Okay. Like, so, yeah, I basically looked like Mr. T for some <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have the chain? Uh, no, no. I've got a chain. Not quite, not quite, Mr. T. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, from like 15 to 22, I was Rocky Mohican. Yeah. And like literally, but that actually cut it the first few times, like figured that I actually got it. Mm. And like literally, I was like the cool kid and I've always loved my Afro hair. Like I've always loved it. Yeah. Um, like, especially when I like grew it out and like, just take like just giving those self care days as well. Yeah. Like getting my afro pick and everything. And like I've, my mom always instilled with into me to my um to, to love my hair. Yeah. And like I remember when I would get it caught. Like one when I used to get it caught. One time I used I got it caught. I actually said I hated my hair because like but the shaver would always get stuck into it. <laughs> <laughs> but, it starts uh, making that noise in it. That scary yeah, noise. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, my mum then said like, figured don't you ever say you hate your hair. You have lovely hair. You've got that four B curl. <laughs> like, you, do you know what? Nice. Oh, I wish going then, up, I had that. You know. And then like, when I was twenty two, I decided to get twists, grew out my locks, which my dad obviously hates, as I mentioned before. <laughs> like, figured, he was just there. He was actually like this the other day. Like, figured, like before I got it done today, um, he, um, he was like, Kofi. You should cut. You should cut them off because like the roots are all coming out, and it's like when 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 Rasta's like I'm not Rasta, <laughs> but like when Rasta's like where where their um, locks out, like they they do it free form, so like it's like they like their roots are out anyway. Yeah, and like that's beautiful to me because like that sits in its n- most natural state. Okay, so it's like like. It's just like he's trying to instill this self hatred, yeah. <laughs> his own self hatred into me, and it's just like it's just so toxic, it, and it's just it's an intergenerational thing as yeah. well. And I think it comes from the uh, the fact that like he was born in in a time where well before like not long after Ghana was um, independent. Yeah. Uh, so it was like maybe twelve, thirteen years of like Ghana being independent. And like literally, there's still gonna be those um, Eurocentric biases. So, I think that's where it comes from. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's interesting. That that's really interesting because what I wanted to ask you, Destino, quickly was how do you think the fact that you and your family came to the UK, how do you think that impacted how your family viewed your hair? Because when obviously when they came here and they was looking at everyone else's hairs, mm. they was like, okay, like don't get too, don't get something that is gonna be. That's gonna make you stand up because when we came to this country, we just wanted to just settle, like okay, just fit in kind of like thing. just fit in, like yeah. we don't want to draw attentions on, onto ourselves. And it got to a point when even something like say we, you, you, I got racially abused, like, and I'll tell my parents to be like, okay, deal with it, like you've got to accept it, you've got to thing. accept it, kind of thing. So, the whole outlook of when we came here was to just kind of settle into society, and that was it. So, even going onto my hair and everything, when I grew, I grew my hair. It's like 
my parents seen that as being negative because obviously people here like they have hair but it's like <laughs> it's it's always like you know like gelled over and yeah. that. so for my parents it's like okay chemically relaxing your hair was seen as more acceptable than having an afro and I do, ugh, even thinking about that do, would never make sense to me but <laughs> makes me shudder <laughs> it, it makes me shiver yeah but it's seen as more um it's seen as more acceptable and the mad thing is we know chemically relaxing your hair actually damages your hair yeah. so it's like it's got to the point where they would rather accept you damaging your hair than you rocking your natural self. So it, 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 oh, it's mad it's when crazy. you say it like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's mad when you say it like that, man. But what was your experiences growing up? My experience, like like I said before, um, I was lucky in terms of in primary school. Um, I think I was I think I was my year six teacher's favorite. So he always used to make a big deal out of my hair. My dad hated my <laughs> hair, hate despised it. Every couple of weeks he wanted to shave it, um, and. I've got a bit of a funny shaped head, so I always used to hate shaving because I knew as soon as my head got shaved, that meant I was going to have to start murking people in school. And, <laughs> and that didn't always end well. So also, also <laughs> when I realized, when I grew up, when I got into high school, I realized that um, there was, there was a few year 11 girls that thought I was this cute year seven kid with this big Afro. I definitely didn't want to quit at that point. And because of how I was as a, as a kid, I was quite a, strong-minded should we say yeah <laughs> um so it got to a point where i decided to myself well i'd rather take the licks from my dad and keep my afro than not be licked and get it cut <laughs> that's what that basically turned into and eventually uh, i think my dad just gave up just with gave up exactly <laughs> his hand yeah, hurt too much. Another, another thing that i actually forgot to mention i'm also grateful for all the women in my family because i literally all my women, the women on my mum's side of the family, because I pretty much only had my mum's side of the family in my life. Mm. Like they all rock natural hair. Like so, it's like it's important to see have, growing that's, up. That's they amazing. All have so yeah, they all have so much love for their hair. Like yeah. especially my sisters and my mum. They both they all used to go to these natural um, hair con- um, conventions. Okay. Yeah. So like um, yeah, like. Get them they, new techniques. They used to get tips from there, <laughs> tips and techniques from there. Like my sister Naomi, like she knows like so many techniques, and it's like whenever she does a style, like when it's a hundred percent natural, which is all it always is. Yeah, like it's just amazing. That's and tough. It's like That's it's tough always though. like what what's what she's gonna do next. I'm always what I know what she's gonna do next. So and like, even on the terms of hair, it's like if you look at in the wild, wider world when it comes to afros and everything, it's like I don't know if you. Um, if you've seen the news um, not so long ago, it was like someone was wrestling. Yeah. I think it, a kid was wrestling and he had he had dreadlocks, I think. And the, yes, as the, I saw this. The, there was a video of, of his dreadlocks being caught. And then even in Jamaica now as well, they've, I think, I don't know if it's true or not. I need to fact check this, but they've started to ban Afros in school as well. Like people haven't long yeah. there. They've started to ban that. So it's like. And they've banned locks too. They've banned locks too. So it's like. When you see things like that happening, it kind of makes you like think that oh, having um, having dreadlocks is like unprofessional. Like even with me, when I grew up, I, my image of someone that looked professional was a guy in a suit, but then not with like an afro, like with short hair and everything. And I feel like those sort of constructs that have been put in place kind of make you view yourself in a negative way. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. and the whole SARS thing in Nigeria, one of the people that they uh, target. Um, is young uh, men with locks seriously? Yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of the time from from like what I've heard as well. So like even my dad told me this as well. So um, so basically like literally a lot of people that have locks or like seen as uh, maybe like 
well, what they perceive as maybe a criminal. It's like, it's, wow. it's just really, it's just really, I love yeah. how, I love how you say that because even with me when I was growing up, when my dad seen someone with long hair, they would they was automatically oh no like he looks like a criminal and that and it's just that way of thinking <laughs> it's just now that I sit back and actually analyze it like it's just toxic way to think and it's like even going back onto the 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 wrestling incident where the guy got his locks caught it's like as a youngster watching that how do you now navigate yourself in now obviously thinking like that's acceptable now you think in your head anyways that having an afro or having dreadlocks is just unacceptable and it's like for me growing up especially when I, w I used to see sort of things like that happening a lot it's like it kind of made me feel like being my natural self was just prohibited like you had to just fit in into society and that was it that's i feel like that's the difference between um the people the first generation people and the second generation people as but, well because yeah. mm. it's so weird <laughs> like for you with back on the like the whole topic with locks as well like how white men with lots are seen as like more yeah. edgy or hippie or like <laughs> uh spiritual and black men with locks is like they're, they 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 either sell weed or you can sell weed <laughs> to them like the amount of people who have tried to sell weed to me <laughs> since i've had locks it's mud but, it's but with that in mind how do black people view white people with dreadlocks they, they see them as more cool i can't speak for really? everyone but like with no, it depends. Okay, no, no, no. Okay, okay, I'll okay, admit, okay. I'll admit, honest. I'll admit my first thought would instantly be hippie. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair I'll enough. Admit it. Now, I've, I've, got, I've got an uncle. Um, he's He was with my auntie throughout my childhood, but they broke up. So he's technically we're not blood related, but he will always be my uncle Gary. He used to have dreadlocks when I was, when I was a kid, so I've seen him with dreadlocks growing up. But even to this day, when I see a, a white guy with dreadlocks, a part of me honestly is a bit like, wow. Like, yeah, you get surprised in like, it. That... Just, I just—it's almost like that doesn't fit. That's yeah. honest. That's my honest thought. Yeah. Or that's a part of my honest thought. When I see a white guy with dreadlocks, now within myself, I know that I shouldn't really think like that because obviously it's bias and prejudice and that kind of thing. But that is that is definitely there when I when I do see someone like that. Now, what what is on me is I've got to be aware that my brain can do that, and I've got to be aware that I can think like that and check myself. Yeah, and focus on the person instead of the hairstyle exactly and i think what's happened with our parents generation is they've not been able to move past the fact that some people might not actually care what the hair is and instead what they've done is they've pushed a lot of that hair hatred for lack of a better term onto the children so yeah. that's why i believe my dad had a bald head and he always wanted to shave my head but he was never interested in putting a style in my hair or anything like that. He just wanted to bald it. It's just going back to that the whole thing of pandering, and yeah. Pandering and wanting to fit in. So that's what it comes down to. And even on the topic of like loving your natural self, it's like even with bleaching, like oh, that hurts. <laughs> I even have to take a deep breath when I talk about that because it's like growing up. I feel like that kind of affected me the most because... Wait, wait, hold up. You actually did that? No, I didn't bleach. I didn't bleach. Personally, I... <laughs> when you said it, it, it was so... It hurts, it hurts. Like... <laughs> now, personally, I didn't bleach myself, but it's like, with me, what I'll do is like, say I took a picture, for example, I will put the filter so high up. And it's like, even little subtle things like that, like, I now that I look back, it's like, wow. Like, things like that kind of made me realise, like, I was coming from... A, like, everything I was doing was from a place of self-hatred. And it's yeah. like... 
even with my because obviously some of my siblings the thing with black people our genetics are just crazy like you might have someone in your family that's light and then you have someone in your family that's Eve also Jean, dark shout out to the Eve gene do you know what I'm saying <laughs> the Eve gene so it's like when I was growing up obviously it was more desirable to have lighter skin and even there was even a comment I'm not going to say who it was I said I'm proud to be black and someone I'm not going to say who said it but someone literally said to me you're not black like Sudanese people you're brown and I was like well I've sat down and I thought about it and I was thinking, hmm, like, what do you mean by that? Like, I actually had to, because with me, I like to think about everything that's yeah. being said. And I thought she was generally saying it, the person who said it, but it's like the way that they, they said it was just an instant response to what I was saying. And from that, I was just like, you know what? This is coming from a place of self-hatred because yeah. why would you now say that I'm not black when I am black? The world views me as black. So me, myself, I know I am black. So for you to say I'm brown, not black, is that kind of that deflecting from from accepting who you are as a person? Do you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. why when I, when I heard about that comment, I was just like, okay, I can't really trust this person now to give me advice about how I should maybe style myself or how I should look. And funnily enough, the person as well bleached. So there you go. Now... My, I come from a both. I come from both a Caribbean and an Indian background. Yeah. And as we know, in both of those cultures, if your skin is seen, if you, if your skin is lighter, you seemed as you deemed More as better color. or high, white, white is right. Yeah, all that kind of nonsense. Now, because of because I was born here in the UK and I've grown up here in the UK, that hasn't affected me as as much. I don't think. And also, yeah. my family, they're not a. Uh, they're not a massively traditional family. My mum's not the traditional Indian that you'd expect. If you see my mum, you'd probably think she's a white woman with a tan. Um, <laughs> my dad is is my dad's side of the family is quite small as well. So it's been sort of like I've been in a bit of a bubble in terms of my own family and my own household growing up. Um, I think just the idea of bleaching to me when I hear about it, it's just I just find it so ridiculous and silly. I think yeah. But then again, um, the only reason I can say that is because I've never been of the mindset where I've thought my skin need to be any different to how it is. Yeah, I've been on holiday, and when I go on holiday, I catch the sun like crazy, and I go dark, and it doesn't bother me. Like I'm not, I don't feel ashamed by it. I, I, I find it funny because it's like, right, I look black, but it's not anything bad to me. And I think that's what needs to be really pushed forward within the community regardless of the colour of your skin you are still beautiful yeah <laughs> you, and once we can get that through to the younger generation and they truly believe it because in terms of the older generation they're gone you, lost you can't, cause you can't yeah. teach you can't teach them so yeah, it's, it's, it's up ways, to us man. to teach the next generation and the only way that we can teach the next generation is by educating ourselves yeah because that's it it all yeah. comes back to that beauty standard and even when we look at um, bleaching and there was a documentary where it showed like a lot of people in the Caribbeans yeah bleach. and even um, I seen another post where it was like I think it was Black China she was promote, promoting a bleaching product in yeah. Nigeria. Nigeria yeah and I was I've just like, that, clown. Yeah. I was just like <laughs> what no, is going on <laughs> <laughs> I was like what is actually going on so like the the whole thing, all these constructs exist because of racism and the fact that our parents have just accepted it and passed that that hatred down onto us. I feel like we're Generation Z because we want to know the full story. We want to correct the, the past mistakes of our ancestors and yeah. that's why yeah. I feel like it's really important, like you were saying, that we pass down these ways of thinking, the way we're thinking now, pass it down onto the next generation so that they don't have the same issues because with my young, younger siblings, I tell them they're beautiful because obviously I've got some that are dark and some that are light and it's like, it's easy to kind of um, see that 
they want to be a bit lighter as well. They want to be yeah. lighter. And I've seen that behavior pattern in them. And from there on, I was like, you know what? You're all beautiful. Like, you're different. God made you different. So yeah. embrace your differences rather than... And at the end of the day, you're still black. Like, you go into society, a police officer's not going to come to you and be like, oh, because you're light-skinned, I'm going to let you off. Like <laughs> Pulls out a little jumps chat. In. Oh, oh, you're, you're light-skinned. Okay, you <laughs> <laughs> like, we're all seen yeah. as black. So the thing is, it's like, we need to kind of look past that kind of self-hatred and look, at, mm. look past that what you're thinking to be yeah. honest I feel like another thing to remember is like not to be yeah another thing to remember is not to be angry about um, angry um, towards past generations as well yeah. because we've got to remember this two generations before us they were they were born in colonialism the generation after us was the first generation after colonialism so it's like they're still going to have those um, ways of thinking yeah Eurocentric, yeah Basically, yeah. But then it's not even just the African community because it's like in the Asian community as well. Yeah. Go down Wormsall Road and there's, there's literally well. like chemists on Wormsall Road that sell skin lightning cream. Wow. Mm. It's crazy. Like, Cause they even advertise in, it on the, they advertise it all over Wormsall Road. Because <laughs> even um, in Bollywood, like, don't ask me why I watch Bollywood. But... Hey, Bollywood goes <laughs> off. Don't watch that. <laughs> don't watch Bollywood's that. But yeah, <laughs> as you watch it and it's like, you know Asia's like very diverse, but if you look at the people that are casted nowadays, it's like it's, it's like mainly the same woman, isn't it? it's like the same person over and over. It's like the the I don't want to say Eurocentric looking because I've it is like it is okay the Eurocentric okay. Indian person. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's like that is deemed more acceptable. So it's like now it's like it affects the Asian community as well because even comments like this. Tell me if you've heard this, yeah. If you've heard someone when someone says that they're catching a they're catching a tan, they're like, oh no, I don't want to go dark. I want to go out this. I want to go out this. I want to go out the 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 sun because I want to get too dark. How so, many yeah. times have you heard I've, that? I've, I've heard that from black people. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've heard that from black exactly. people. I've only heard it once. Yeah, I hear that all the like all the time. It's like even with me, I started adopting that way of thinking when I was in high school, where, where it was like if I was in the sun, and I was in the sun for too long, I'd say something like, oh. I'm gonna go too dark. I don't want to get get too black. And it's like comments like that used to few like used to make people laugh. But now that I look back on it, it's like that's just my way of being accepted by me self hating. So it's like that's why now, obviously, as I grow older, I try to stamp that behavior out of my younger siblings and especially my niece, who's half like half Jamaican. It's like with her, she's really when it comes to knowing herself and loving her natural Afro self. Yeah, she really loves it a lot, that's and good. it's amazing to see. But obviously. On the flip side of that, with my family, it's like there's certain individuals within that my family that have self hatred, like yeah. self hatred views. So it's like now trying to change that way of thinking, like and making sure that people within the African and Caribbean communities love themselves more yeah. because it's like you don't need to bleach yourself or make yourself lighter for you to be deemed beautiful. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think. Sorry, go on. Go on. No, carry on. I was carry just going to say. I think in terms of this conversation, I think. The speech and the words you use is very, very important. So yeah. when you speak about your former self and you speak about self-hatred, do you think you truly hated the way you look or do you think you just didn't accept it? Wow, that's a good question. And <sighs> that's a good question. And I feel like I didn't accept it. I didn't really truly hate myself, but I didn't truly accept it because you're going into school every single day and people are saying things to you. You're getting comments about yourself that are not really pleasant for yourself and it's yeah. like you kind of accept that you are now ugly yeah like if i it's like if i told you you're ugly every single day over a period of time you will start to believe that that's why they say energy is so important and who yeah. you surround yourself is so important and yeah. being in a predominantly white mm -hmm. school it's like certain comments that i got like for example 
the people that was date like most people date wouldn't be black people mm. at my school because it was a predominantly white school. So it's like growing up, it's like I kind of I didn't want to accept that I was black at one point. I didn't want to accept it. So to answer, and that's understandable. Yeah, it's completely. And I can totally second that because I went to a predominantly white school myself. Like people, I would I would always get comments on like because say like my large my and like my large lips like yeah. they'll be like oh Kofi's got rubbery lips or why are you why are your palms the inside of your palms white and the rest of you black yeah <laughs> like, oh, the wow. it's like it was like guys man like you're in a large city like for you just get to explore man this go, is what I'm saying it, explore. Com- it comes down to narrow minded individuals and talking about big lips now. I used to get called like banana lips so much and look at look look at the trend now and what's popping right now. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. getting plastic yeah, surgery really. and everything. And it's like, okay, Everyone this just shows how Miss Jenner. Exactly. Everyone now is just obviously just trying to get black features but use them in their own way. So it's like this is why for me it's so important who you surround yourself with. And it's even with the lighter skin versus darker skin community like in, in, in our communities, I feel like that needs to be stamped out because it's like that is such a toxic thing that has been going on for the longest. And even on Facebook, I don't know if you guys remember, but those pages that was literally dedicated to yes. light skin versus dark skin. Yes. I remember that. I remember that. And But just going quickly, just going back to what you said before. Um, lost my train of thought. My bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, no, obviously, I just think that with ourselves, I feel like the thing, the problem that we're having right now in the community is that People who are lighter skinned are now getting looked down on and people are saying that they're not black anymore. And people who are lighter are now looking at themselves like, oh, we're not black, we're we're, we're mixed, let's just say. Mm. And are looking down on people that are darker. So I feel like now it's not even one particular bunch of people that are doing worse to, to over. I feel like it's just the whole black race at the moment needs to kind of heal from the past ways of thinking, if that makes sense, from the slavery mindset i feel like a lot of people need to de- decolonize the mindset and when we do that is when we'll truly find peace in ourselves and we'll kind of understand that just because someone's lighter or someone's darker doesn't mean they're any different to you because at the end of the day we're black we're all black at the end of the day and it's yeah. like look at let me give an example so with white people there's italians which are still considered ca- caucasians even though they've got more brown like all of your skin it's like them now being like oh where where thinking was called where 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 darker skin so we're better than you like that them ways of thinking doesn't exist. I feel like it only exists in like the community of people of colour, if that yeah. makes sense. Well in all fairness, um from the research I've done, there's some uh very right wing racist white people that wouldn't consider Jewish people as white. Serious? Exactly. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> if you've watched Black Clansman, like yeah. if you've ever watched Black Clansman, yeah. I don't know if it's still it's on a great Netflix. Film. <laughs> so like literally I'll like, have to but, watch that. The KKK, like, for you, they're so, they're like, they're, ju- they're just as against the Jews as they are against blacks. Whoa. So, yeah. It's crazy, yeah, because even with Hitler, his way of thinking was that the, the the particular race of people that he found desirable, I think, was it blonde? Blonde, blonde, blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah. Great, the Aryan race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? So it's, so it's like, it's interesting that you say that. I'll have to research on that mob. So are we kind of agreeing that we need to kind of all decolonize our slavery mindset and to just appreciate one another as dark skin and, and light skin brothers and sisters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I like I like the way that you phrase it in terms of decolonizing your mindset. And I also think but I also think that moving forward, what we can do as individuals is teach the younger generation and preach self love 
yes. in a non-arrogant way. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And it's up to us to break the cycle because <clears throat> it's gone for our parents' generation and it's gone for the uh, grandparents' generation. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And it's, I feel like it's just changed the way everyone's kind of thinking, even in other communities, like the East African community as well. It's like some... I think it's Somali, Somalia has a specific term for people with like, what would you describe this type of hair? Sharp black hair. Sure. <laughs> okay. Like, honestly. It's, it's, there's what, a the t- curl pattern? Yeah, like the curls. Oh, like, like, there's certain hairs like that are deemed unacceptable. In the, <laughs> not unacceptable, but people like, there's, there's the, the togrity, the, I can't even say the word. Geography. Geography terms oh. for people with like, I don't want to say nappy hair because that's not the right term for tight curls tight curls yeah that's the right term so it's like there's terms for that so I feel like yeah. even in them communities it affects them so I feel like now as a people what we can do is kind of just like you are saying preach self love for our people and to kind of understand that these Eurocentric standards of beauty it's not us we're not you we're not europeans well this is one thing mm. my sister my sister's got hair similar to mine but it's longer and curlier and bigger she's got a, if she if she was to comb uh, if she was to comb out her hair with a um, afro comb she'd, her, her afro would be giant but for the most part it's just quite curly and bushy and big but when we was kids she always used to straighten it and I remember going sick at her not because I knew anything about uh, straightening hair or anything like that I just used to think it like why would why would she get rid of these big beautiful curls to have like long straight hair it didn't look anywhere near as good on her I just thought it yeah. just taken away from from who she was as a person but I guess that was my own influences my own sort of i was projecting there because for me my hair is a big part of my personality yeah so i was projecting that onto my sister i guess at a young age exactly so yeah (laughs) that's why i feel like it's just coming to the conclusion right now i just think like it's important that we preach self-love yeah and we just stop partaking in nonsense and even with these pages as well on instagram (laughs) facebook or whatever yeah if you see them yeah put them in the bin because i feel like as an individual if you're getting your source of information from a social media page, then what are you doing? Like, <laughs> one more what thing, are you actually doing? <laughs> yeah, and one more thing, and I've got, I can't stress this enough. Normalise black boys growing out their hair. Please, yes. For the yes. love of God, normalise it. Normalise it, please. We all don't have to have waves. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm saying. We're all different. We're all unique bunch of people. And even with other people of colour as well, they're all unique people. So embrace your natural self and stop self-hating. Yeah. Like, it's that simple. Actually stop and mm. get your source of information from... Anything other than social media. It's credible places. Credible places, so yeah. Look it up for yourself kind of thing. You, you, was, you was listening to Strictly for the People, episode two. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>